Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Jack from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Each week, producer Phil, a guest, and I watch a horrible theater-released movie. We record our conversation, and then we tear that movie to shreds. We keep it family-friendly, so gather the family around the old smartphone, laptop, or tablet and join in on the fun. Just like all the great Studio DNA podcasts, find the Horrible Movie Podcast at Spreaker.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere podcasts can be found. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Inbound out to Taylor. Jones is on him. Taylor driving. Driving in. Banks it up. No. Put back. In and out. And Duke survives just barely. Come on, Uncle Jed. The party's starting. Hear that music? This is the Sports Yak Podcast. On the Studio DNA Podcast Network, I'm Jimmy Shorts. Sports Yak is brought to you by Rabbit Wigs. Put that rabbit in a wig. Call for a fitting today. 574-RABBITS. Here's Chuck and Corey. What, what, they don't use their last names now? They're, they're that popular that you go Chuck and Corey? No, they're not that popular. Use your last names, guys, for a couple of years at least. That's cool. And here comes episode 78 of Sports Yak. Hi there. My name's Corey Mann, along with Chuck Freebie. Welcome to episode 78. The Anthony Munoz episode. Anthony Munoz, some regard him as the greatest offensive lineman to ever play in the NFL. Very talented athlete out of USC, actually pitched on their College World Series championship team in 1978 but gained famed as an offensive tackle, played 13 years for the Cincinnati Bengals, and is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Also uh, has had a, a couple of movie roles, including playing the role of Gonzalez in the movie The Right Stuff. Wow, so he's an older guy. Older guy now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other movies? Uh, no, I think that was it. Okay. How was your weekend, Chuck Freebie? My weekend was good. Uh, like many people captivated by this NCAA basketball tournament, so maybe that's a good place to start. Who didn't watch that Duke-UCF game yesterday? And even if you've got Duke in your bracket, Mm -hmm. and I do. I do as well. Can you not help but find yourself rooting for the underdog, UCF, and just agonizing over the way the ball fell off the rim on their two final shots? My wife was surprised that I was cheering for UCF, and I'm like, it's it's a David and Goliath story. Exactly. You know, I do love Zion Williamson. I, I I found it hilarious that they dedicated a camera specifically to him over the weekend, sure, because he's something to watch. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, there was a couple of bounces there that. Goodness. And Aubrey Dawkins, the son of UCF coach Johnny Dawkins, and Johnny Dawkins played for Mike Shashevsky at Duke, was an assistant coach at Duke. So Mike Krzyzewski, very familiar with the Dawkins family. Aubrey Dawkins put on a show, 32 points, but that last tip in 
just falls off the rim. Duke survives in advance, and now they'll face Buzz Williams and Virginia Tech in the Sweet 16. I loved seeing Shashesky uh, uh, hugging hugging the other coach, just talking for a few moments. Yeah, and then I enjoyed watching Coach K grab the two players, yes, and just talking them through it for a few moments and going, "Look, it isn't the end of the world. It's the end of your run, but yeah. you know everything's fine." I I enjoy that about him. Good guy. At least that's what you think he said. Sure. <laughs> Look, here's what you did wrong in those final or, seconds. I just want you to stand here and look like you're talking to me as I rub it in and say, we're going to the Sweet 16 and you're not. Na-na-na-na-boo-boo. What was your math uh, this morning if you picked all the, the number yeah, ones? If you picked the uh, the lower number seeds, the one, two, threes, fours, if you picked those for your Sweet 16, you would have 14 of the Sweet 16 in there. The only and teams that violated that rule would be Auburn, which was a fifth seed. Mm-hmm. And Oregon, the surprise out uh, as they are, are a 12th seed, and they will have to face top-seeded Virginia next. But, I mean, Virginia has not been impressive in either one of its wins so far, which is kind of their style anyway. But Oregon's got a chance going into that game. Other side of the bracket from Virginia and Oregon, here sit the Purdue Boilermakers. Wow, what a performance Carson Edwards put on. One of the highest-scoring games in Purdue's NCAA history, second only to the big dog Glenn Robinson. And Edwards lights it up against the defending champ Villanova, so Purdue moves on and they'll take on Tennessee, which had that 25-point lead on Iowa, then wound up having to go to overtime to put away the Hawkeyes. So it's Purdue and Tennessee Thursday night on 103.1 FM. That's a 7.30 tip-off. If you want to watch the game on TV, I believe that one's on TBS. Okay. Anything with a T is usually where basketball is this time of year. Yeah, TBS, <laughs> TNT, True TV. The the outlier, of course, is CBS. Mm-hmm. But, uh, North Carolina will play Auburn in the Sweet 16. I, I think the heels have looked very impressive so far. Houston and Kentucky, that could be an interesting matchup. Uh, Kelvin Sampson, the former IU coach who ran into all kinds of troubles there and had to sit out five years, is back. He's at Houston and he's got his team taking on John Calipari's squad from Kentucky. Michigan, uh, John Beeline's team, very impressive in its first two games so far. They take on Texas Tech. Boy, that's going to be a defensive-oriented game. And then Tom Izzo in Michigan State, uh, they've got LSU in the Sweet 16, and I would think the Spartans would be the favorite there. Women's basketball tonight, Notre Dame taking on Michigan State. The Irish looking to make an incredible 10th consecutive Sweet 16. They're 17th overall, and they'll be a heavy favorite against Susie Merchant's team. The Spartans, while usually very good at home, have not played well on the road, and they have to come to Purcell Pavilion tonight and take on an Irish team that seems to be just about clicking on all cylinders. Uh, Jessica Shepard had a case of strep throat last week. Didn't seem to slow her down. Marina Mabry did seem to be a little off with the knee problems that she had. Seemed to affect her shot somewhat. She didn't score any points on Saturday, but they didn't need her to against Bethune-Cookman. And they might not need her to score that much tonight, but it's good to have her in the lineup. The Irish vying for a chance to take on Texas A&M in the Sweet 16. And that would be in Chicago on Saturday. And, of course, you can hear every Fighting Irish women's basketball game on the station we work for, Pulse FM. Were you surprised that Notre Dame has made it as far as they have with hockey? 
Uh, a little bit, because Notre Dame has a very young team this year. They were struggling early in the season, but Jeff Jackson, uh, what a great coach he is. This was his 500th career win on Saturday night when the great. Irish are able to eliminate Penn State 3-2. Boy, the Compton was rocking. You talk to people that were there at the game, Corey, they'll mm-hmm. tell you that is perhaps the best hockey atmosphere that there has been at a Notre Dame game ever. And uh, they eliminate Penn State 3-2. Cale Morris was superb in goal. 46 saves for the Irish goaltender. And so now Notre Dame takes on Clarkson in the first round of the NCAA tournament this coming Friday. Notre Dame goes into that tournament as a three-seed. Clarkson the two-seed. The other two teams in that regional, Harvard and UMass. If the Irish were to win Friday night, they would play again on Saturday night. Uh, for a chance to get to the Frozen Four. And so these are still all one-and-done games. Yeah. You, you win, you're in. You lose, you go home for the year. Okay. Hockey is one of those sports where as long as you make the Sweet 16, which is all that gets in, you've got a chance because all it takes is a hot goaltender. Yeah. And you, if you have a hot goaltender, you can go a long, long way. This is that time of year when coaches uh, are either <laughs> – Losing their jobs or uh, moving on to the better pastures. I saw the Alabama coach has been excused. Avery Johnson, it just didn't work out for him. Avery Johnson, a former NBA coach, uh, but down at Alabama, just could not get enough wins in the Southeastern Conference. He was excused, as Bryce Drew was last week. And then California uh, got rid of its coach, Wycliffe Jones, and Cal has not been much of a factor in the Pac-12 really in anything, uh, the last few years. A couple of headlines from the NFL that caught my eye. Uh, of course, Gronk retiring and Clay Matthews is heading west. Yeah, Clay Matthews is going out to play backup role with the Rams. He's just about at the end of his career, so yeah. he's trying to hang on for a couple more years. Gronk had hinted during Super Bowl week that this might be it. His body has just gone through a, a heavy toll in his nine-year career. But you'd be hard-pressed to find a more dominant tight end in the history of the NFL than Rob Gronkowski. And he was he was what I would truly call a combo tight end. In other words, yes, he could go out and catch passes, but guys like Kellen Winslow did that way back in the day. The thing that set Gronkowski apart was he was also a phenomenal blocker and a, a terrific run blocker. So he was a guy that you could keep on the field for – just about every play, and that's probably one thing that took a toll on his body. Second most postseason touchdown catches of anybody ever, certainly the most by any tight end. He's second only to Jerry Rice in the postseason touchdown catches. Set all kinds of records in his nine-year career, and and really kind of one of the few colorful personalities that we've seen emerge from the Patriots. Justin Verlander's got a nice little payday from the weekend. Justin, we don't have to hold any telethons for him or Kate. <laughs> uh, they'll be doing just fine. He's going to be making about $30 million a year, and he showed why in his last spring training start of the year. He threw four innings and struck out nine. That's pretty impressive. Let's talk about this Cubs Clubhouse uh, article. I saw it. You retweeted it. Uh... Theo Epstein, Jed Hoyer. The Cubs front office do exit interviews with the players after every season. And uh, some of them, they went to the players' homes, like 
went down to Florida to see Rizzo. They went to Las Vegas to see Bryant to kind of go into the player's comfort zone so that they would feel more open to talk about, okay, what do we need to do differently yes. this year? And the sense you got from this article, and it's it's a lengthy one, uh, you, you better have some time if you're going to read it, and you also need a subscription to The Athletic. The Cubs have lacked a sense of urgency since winning the World Series in 2016. And that's understandable because you come off of that kind of highest of highs. Yes. It is tough to duplicate that kind of hunger. But they feel as though the players have gotten fat and sassy a little bit. Um, So they're trying to crack down on some things in the clubhouse. They're trying to make some things a little bit more mandatory. So whereas Joe Madden has kind of gone with this loosey-goosey kind of approach, I think what Epstein and Hoyer want to see happen is a little more regulation, a little more discipline, a little more attention to detail in the Cubs clubhouse. Maybe a little more player maturity? Yes, absolutely. So they want players to be accountable for themselves. They want the players to kind of show some leadership and not necessarily rely on Joe. You have to remember the Cubs, even after winning the 2016 World Series, were a very young team. Yes. And a lot of these guys are having their first taste of big league success. And because they kept winning games, nobody really said anything. And then all of a sudden you get to last year and the adversity thrown in, the injury to Chris Bryant, Mm -hmm. the injury to you, Darvish, the injury to Brandon Morrow, and all of a sudden this team had to scrap and fight just to make the playoffs, wind up having that one-game playoff with the Brewers, lose that, one-game playoff with Colorado in the wild card, lose that, and all of a sudden two games into the postseason, they're done. And that didn't sit well. Didn't sit well with the Cub fandom. It didn't sit well with the Cub players, and it certainly didn't sit well with the front office, which put down a lot of money. Now the problem is going into this off season, everybody thought, oh, maybe the Cubs will make a run at Bryce Harper. Maybe the Cubs will make a run at Manny Machado. They didn't make a run at any of the big time free agents because really the Ricketts family didn't open up the pocketbook to allow them to do that. So they re-signed Cole Hamels for twenty million, and they made some moves small moves, but they're basically standing pat. And then just a couple of days ago, they make the announcement, Ian Happ, you're going down to AAA to start the season. You have not performed well enough this spring Hmm. to merit a spot on the big league roster. And Brian Dunsing, a relief pitcher who was owed $3.5 million, see ya. So they're trying to set a little bit of a tone that there has to be a sense of urgency. One of the things Chris Bryant said in this article is, you know, last year we would have bad games and we would try to slough it off. We want to approach this season as though we want to go 162-0 and and step on somebody's throat. <laughs> now, that's easier said than done in a Cub division which features Milwaukee, which has an absolutely lights-out bullpen, and the NL MVP in Christian Yelich. A Cardinal squad that everybody believes has improved somewhat. The Reds have improved somewhat. I mean, the NL Central might be as tough as any division in baseball. And, Corey, the challenge for us coming up on Wednesday, the day before opening day, will be to sit down and try to pick division winners for the six divisions 
of baseball. So that is okay. your homework assignment for Wednesday's Yak. Division winners. For Major League Baseball coming up this season. Okay. Any other things uh, stand out to you in the clubhouse that they said, hey, let's let's put a crimper on this or let's back away from this or that? Anything? Mandatory batting practice four to five times a week. It was not mandatory for players. They want Joe to put out the lineup by series because a lot of players, especially young players, and you can understand this, you know, you're battling for playing time. And so they would get all worked up, you know, trying to get one more hit so that they can maybe change Joe's mind and be in the lineup the next day. And that that's not really how Joe Madden operates. And so that kind of disconnect between the players and the manager, they want Joe to spend a little bit more time communicating with the players. And he's also going to kind of let them know a series ahead of time who's going to be in the lineup when – so that they can better be mentally prepared for each day. Okay. Uh, the other thing is they're gonna they're asking players to really watch their diet. They're trying to restrict the amount of fast food and alcohol that is consumed by the team because they feel like you need to eat properly to stay fueled for sure. 162 games. Gosh, is there any fast food around Wrigley anymore? Didn't they knock all that it, stuff down? Whether it's consumed around Wrigley or not, it's brought in for the post-game spread sometimes oh okay i see what you mean so uh john lester's notorious for his love of popeye's chicken (laughs) who isn't well but does that necessarily foster yeah the best atmosphere okay high school basketball state finals were over the weekend i watched the ben davis game. um yeah you were you were enamored with ben davis's big man Number 54, is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. That dude was huge. And yet nimble. Yeah, like the kind of the star, right? Right. Yeah, he was uh, up and down the court. I was impressed with his athleticism. I thought, oh, he'll just stand under the basket most of the game. He was hoofing it. So I had predicted a northern sweep Saturday morning, yes. and we came three points away from having that happen. Blackhawk Christian had no problem in the 1A game. I really... We said this on the program last week, and I I still believe it might be true. I think Blackhawk Christian could have won maybe the 3A title and could have competed with Carmel for the 4A title. That 1A team was that good this year. Uh, They've got a 6'10 player by the name of Caleb First. He's only a sophomore. Keep your ears open because he is going to get some major D1 looks. Um, 2A, Andrean for the first time ever wins the state basketball title. They rally late to beat Linton Stockton. Linton Stockton had a six-point lead with two and a half minutes to go in that game, and Andrean comes back and wins by five. So that's two private schools right there, and and people were getting their hackles up because they think private schools win too many championships in football and basketball anyway. Okay. Well, 3A, Culver Academy, another private school, and unfortunately for Mark Galloway's squad, within listening distance of this show, uh, which I guess you're within listening distance anywhere in the world of this show, but uh, Mark Galloway's squad, only an hour drive away from our studio, came up short against Silver Creek, lost 52-49. Ethan Britton-Watts played amazing, had 23 points, but Silver Creek got in top early in that game and, and just never relinquished the lead. And then Carmel over Ben Davis just as they did in the regular season. So the Greyhounds sprint 
to the title in Class 4A. And no no surprise there, the state's biggest school wins the state's biggest prize. I saw a tweet criticizing the attendance numbers way down. Yeah, way down. Uh, only 22,000 combined for the two sessions, which Banker's Life holds about 18,000. There were lots of empty seats hmm. for both sessions. Do you think it goes back to a conversation we had a few episodes ago of just the buy-in from the students? You know, it's an expensive day to travel uh, to Indianapolis for parking and maybe a hotel and tickets to the game. I think were thirty dollars. I thought I saw. I think there's a lot of factors that play into it. Yeah. Uh, number one, private schools, and there were three of them in there. Tend not to draw as big a crowd because you don't have that community buy-in. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I think it's overpriced. I think they need to hold down on the price of the event. Uh, Number three, I think, unfortunately, Banker's Life Fieldhouse has developed a reputation for not necessarily being Um, fan-friendly. I saw saw numerous complaints about the ushering staff. Okay. Um, Hmm. You know, there's empty seats down low, and they're not letting people sit in them. Yeah, that's stupid. And it's like, what difference does it make? Yeah. And... Number four, um, you know, the two schools that were in it, Carmel and Ben Davis, Carmel's in the state championship for everything. So, you know, you if you're a Carmel fan, you kind of pick and choose, okay, which ones are we going to go to? Um, I just think both those schools, their, their fan bases are a little bit spoiled, and so it's not as big a deal for them to be playing in the state title game. Hey, Stuart. Well, what brings you guys here? We were looking for a recommendation about comic books. Oh, well, I recommend you don't open a store and sell them. (laughs) No, we were just wondering why the guys like this stuff so much, so we thought we'd give it a try. Now, let's have a quick little review of Comic-Con. C2E2. Get there on a train. That's the smartest thing we probably did all day long. Packed our own lunches. How much was the round-trip train ticket? Well, I messed up because I'm a novice at the train deal. We took it last year. I bought my tickets early in the week, and it was fourteen twenty-five for one way. Okay, so but I bought t- Caleb's ticket as well, which was seven bucks. But kids on the weekend are free. Oh, so no. I messed up. But also, when we were coming back, because there's so many people coming back to Michigan City, mm-hmm. Chesterton. Oh, it's very popular Gary. in Northwest Indiana. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had a double decker, and as soon as I got on, and we were kind of stuck once we got upstairs on this thing. They said this isn't going to South Bend, so we got off at Dune Park. Yeah, and then uh, had to catch a train, take and another train, take another and... train, and made it to South Bend. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I mean, if you like action figures and toys and comic books and just that whole culture, it's it's a blast. You got to pace yourself. It's a lot of walking. You're bumping into a lot of people. I got one of my pricier books priced from a company that uh, will put it in a really nice container and grade it. Mm-hmm. I have a Black Panther number one I've been sitting on for a few Ooh. years. Caleb got Thor's hammer. Well, why wouldn't you? We also saw Us yesterday, which is a Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out. This guy's yeah. hot. Yeah, Got a Twilight Zone series on the CBS All Access. Now, pardon me for asking this question, but just a clarification for me. Jordan Peele, is he the guy from Key and Peele? He is. Okay, that's what I thought. Kind of the but shorter I, one. Right. I, I didn't want to be carrying around that 
mistake if it was. We watched that movie, Debbie and I went, and it's got a twist at the end. I nailed it 10 minutes in, which was kind of like, if I can figure it out. Yeah, that's kind of disappointing sometimes. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all you got. That's pop culture. That's sports. That's sports yak. That's episode number 78. Thank you, Anthony Munoz. Thank you for being you. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Ooga ooga. the Sports Yak Podcast. The following has been brought to you by Rabbit Wings and the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You've been listening to Sports Yak, all sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.